Hello, welcome to the Bomb Squad. I'm your host, writer-director Andrew Hada, and I'm here with my co-host, Joshua Whitney Epp. And we also have a special guest on our Summer of Guests episodes. Uh, we have with us Jolene Marie Richardson. And uh, hello, Jolene. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. I'm yeah. pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I'm a costume designer and a fashion historian. You could see my work on The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs on Shutter. Um, and a couple other projects coming up that I can't quite talk about yet, but um, soon enough I'll be able to talk about them. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I do. I love horror. I live in this world, and I'm happy that I get to work in horror as my medium, as my living, which is really fun. Cool. And what got you into costume designing for films? Or were, was it like you wanted to be in films and you went through costume design, or you wanted to be in costumes and then you ended up in film? So I actually started in theater um, oh. way back when, when I was a kid, I was a child actor. But then when I went to college, I actually went for acting and I wasn't getting cast. And I don't think it was because I wasn't good. Maybe I'm just not good. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know that there's a lot of politics involved in theatrical, you know, college degrees. But um, I took my first costuming class. I made a corset. I fell in love with it. I started dressing. Um I designed a couple shows in college, and then I, when it came time to grad school, I was like, you know, should I, should not go? And I ultimately did go. I went for costume design and, and fashion history, um, and I've been a dresser for years. I've been a wardrobe supervisor for years in theater, and then when pandemic hit and I was working off-Broadway, my life kind of closed, and I was like, well, I've been looking at film anyway, so why not just take the leap now, and, and here I am. Awesome, awesome. How does it feel like? Because like Joe Bob Briggs, like his show is obviously every Friday, you know, on Shutter. And yeah. so, how does that feel to like you know that everyone sees your work on a pretty routine basis? You have like a large audience. Yeah, yeah. So this this is my first season on the show because they hadn't had a costume designer before me. Um, and now that the show is expanding. So I for this season, I did the Love Witch episode with the Ren Fair, And then I did the Spookies episode with the rap music video, which was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we just had our season finale last night. And just the outpour from the fans. And just being part of that Mutant Fam Last Drive-In community on Twitter and online. Um, it's been really special because the, the fans are so devoted to that show. And it's such a great show. And Joe Bob and Darcy are just such beautiful people um, inside and out that like being around them and working with them has just has been fantastic. And the cat and the crew too. like the crew is just so amazing. Like we're so bare bones that there's not many of us. So we, we are a family, which is so nice, like genuinely a family. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So we invited you on to the podcast and we and you we had you pick a film. Of course, the Bomb Squad is here to appreciate the underappreciated, and you picked Dead Silence. Yes. De <laughs> Dead Silence is a 2007 film by uh, James Wan and also by Lee Hanwell. They, they also wrote Saw, if you've heard of that film. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is, I think, their second film after that. It stars uh, Ryan Quentin, Amber Valletta, and Donnie Wahlberg. And uh, Josh, why don't you tell us what Dead Silence is? A uh, man receives a ventriloquist dummy in the mail, 
but not as all that it seems question <laughs> mark so, that's my that's my brief, that was, uh, that's my lead in that was uh, perfectly terrible um <laughs> <laughs> so jolene why don't you tell us why you picked dead silence out of all the out of all the films yeah, so I distinctly remember this film coming out. I was about 14 when this movie came out, and I, growing up watching Goosebumps, always terrified of Slappy the Dummy, so ventriloquism <laughs> dummies always scared me. But yeah. then if it had lore or a nursery rhyme attached to it, I was sold. And the fact that this one had that nursery rhyme attached to it, I was like, I'm sold. And I, I think it's a great film. I, I didn't realize that a lot of people did not like this film until I got older, but I've always loved this film. <laughs> it is it is, it is, is a kind of unique film in that they do kind of throw a lot of things at you in terms yes. of lore, um, which I always love when it's like, there's almost too much lore. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, it follows this guy and uh, he gets the dummy and the dummy's like kind of rooted to his family history and the dummy starts killing people or does does he? The dummy's name is Billy. Right. Um, yeah, I think, I, I, you know what? I hadn't seen this movie when it came out and I didn't see it. I hadn't seen it since. And so this is the first time I've seen it. Josh, is this the first time you've seen it? Yeah, same. I was, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah, was... I was too. I thought that it, it kind of felt a little bit like, um, not a fairy tale, but kind of it. It had that feel of like, almost like a like a stage play or something. You know? Yeah, there, there's like an artifice to the way like people like talk to each other and stuff. But I was almost like, oh, this seems very intentionally like kind of like dramatic in that way. You know? Yeah, it it reminds me a lot of like the old style of acting, like those those Universal era yeah. golden age horror movies, where you have like these heightened circumstances, so the actors are kind of playing on that. It's not camp, but it's almost camp. Yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah, it almost feels a little bit like the the tales from the crypt shows, where mm-hmm. it is it is almost like you kind of feel like you're watching a um, a folklore or something, you know? Right. Yeah, I think yeah. So the like the movie starts and it has the guy. He gets him and his wife get the get get the Billy doll, and the Billy doll does look surprisingly like Slappy from Goosebumps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He looks like if you thought of a ventriloquist doll dummy right now, it would look exactly like what you think it looks like. Um, but they get it, and then the wife is attacked by the dummy, and so he's kind of. He goes back to his hometown because there's this legend in his hometown about the dummy. And if you see it, you die. And so he's kind of trying to figure out what happened to his wife. Mary Shaw, we find out, is this famous ventriloquist uh, act. And at the turn of the century, and she's performing in this flashback scene. And she gets heckled by a child, which I love that how insulted this older woman gets by this (laughs) young child. (laughs) That she has to go and kill him. Or yeah. Billy has to go and kill him. We think it's her, but it's Billy. So, like, who's controlling who? Right. Um, and then you find out that that's the, you know, the ancestor of our main character. And that the whole reason the wife dies is because she's pregnant. So this dummy is trying right. to stop the bloodline. Like, he's so vindictive that he is cutting yeah. the bloodline. And they've moved away from this town. Not even around anymore. 
Yeah, he is. He goes. He goes all the way when he tries. Yeah, I think this is a good lesson about don't heckle people when they're on stage. It's very annoying. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You, you can't say he doesn't deserve his fate after you know telling <laughs> a being... ventriloquist her lips yeah. are moving. Yeah. Yeah, like you know what you signed up for, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that it's it's also funny because she even like back in the day she kind of looks pretty creepy. It's like man. Yeah. Old, old, uh, old entertainment was really was really limited. Into it. It's like you want to go see the creepy lady with the creepy dolls. Like I guess, but I'm gonna heckle her. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that the the backstory, especially like the reveal that because he's trying to figure out why she the wife died the whole time, and like right. the reveal that she was pregnant. That's a pretty good and like it kind of makes this the whole thing a lot grimmer than it had been up until that point. Even though people were dying, I feel like the fact that they were trying to like completely erase the bloodline yeah. makes it like it adds a little bit to it. It does. And they never explicitly say that the wife is pregnant. We only get her like looking in the mirror, like wondering what her body's gonna look like when the the bump starts to show. And then it's like never talked about again until that twist is revealed. So I think that was a beautiful plot device to like string some things together and that and then you have to be like oh that's right that did happen and (laughs) yeah yeah and i think like i do kind of like that you it doesn't tell you everything right away you're kind of trying to figure things out especially because you have you're being haunted by the doll and um and the woman and so it adds like a little level of of like you're trying to figure out the mystery and i feel like james wan likes to do that anyway like figure it out even the conjuring you kind of it's kind of like a ghost. It's like a ghost detective story. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It wraps back around. Because, I mean, we've also seen a lot of, me and Andrew watched a lot of bad horror movies where it's like, oh, that just kind of trailed off. So it's like, oh, it's weird that they never went back to, he meets his father after his wife dies and he has a super, like, young stepmom now. Right. And I was like, oh, it's weird that they use them for exposition and then they don't come back. And then I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> it's, yeah. It definitely comes back. So, oh, yeah. Josh, and if you remember, Jolene, from the first time you watch it, did you figure out that, because you find out later that the wife is, I guess we're going all spoilers 10 minutes. Into just, yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Yeah. But you find out that the wife is, uh, is, has been behind it, the, the dad's wife, the new stepmom. She's been behind it, and she killed the dad, and she yeah, she's turned Mary the dad Shaw. Yeah. Into, yeah. into a puppet. And I wonder, Josh, if you figured it out before the reveal or if, if you didn't figure it out till the reveal. I did not. That's one of those things where it seems obvious in retrospect with the way they set up everything. But like at the time, I was just like, oh, he bad relationship with his dad. Tale as old as time, you know. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jolene? Did you did you when you first saw? Do you remember if you figured it out before? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. I was 14, so probably I didn't. <laughs> I was probably like, what? Um, but yeah, I just like remember then like when they do the like the, the they do the reverse camera angle where they flip the world and then you're seeing the dad from behind yeah. with with the stepmom controlling him via the stick. But and then you're like, yeah, like Joshua was saying, you're piecing those things together that like, oh, that's right. She's standing next to him the whole time. And she's like there so it is setting it up for this like ventriloquist act in yeah. the home yeah see i don't know if i figured it out but i did like that they even show it in the flashback scene yeah where they're like he goes 
oh, we're having soup for dinner. And she's like, mm, soup is good. And he's like, I love soup. And I, I just like the idea that he's like, I'm going to make the dad say he loves my terrible soup that I'm making. <laughs> yeah. I also, uh, I came to appreciate too, um, there's the, the comp played by Donnie Wahlberg. Oh my um, God. I wanted to save Donnie Wahlberg, but he's my favorite he, character. I, he's so good. He, he, yeah, because he, he immediately accuses the, the main character of killing his wife, being like, don't leave town. I'm on to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he like follows him everywhere. And then he's like, oh, I bet he's, because he sees him um, burying the dummy, like trying to like get rid of it, you know? And then he digs it up. And then later he's like, I wonder if he dug up all the dummies. And then he checks 100 individual <laughs> dummy grades. Awesome. <laughs> Because, yeah, Danny Wahlberg, and he's playing it like, he's put he's giving himself an even thicker accent, kind of like how Mark Wahlberg did in The Departed. And so he plays it like, his voice kind of makes him sound like an older cop than his face looks, but he has, like, all the best lines. His My favorite line in the whole movie is he tells the other guy, because the guy's like, I figured it out, I want to go to this, to this town, or to the, to her, like, house to, like, confront her, and then he goes, hey, camp's over. No, he goes, summer's over. No more time for, no more playtime. <laughs> yeah. That's such he, a good line. He, when he, he knocks him down and he's getting away, he's like, don't make me chase you. And then as, as he drives off, he's like, I don't have a full tank of gas. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's funny so because fun. I know that he was in, I think he's in Saw 3 or 4. He's, he's in, in one no, of he's in them. Two. two of them. Okay. He's in 2, 3, and like 7. But, uh. So when I saw him and I knew that it was directed by James Wan, I thought that it was going to be like a cameo. <laughs> and and then he comes back and I was like, oh, we get more Donnie Wahlberg. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so much Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like and I also feel like Donnie Wahlberg, he he has a habit of playing it. He always understands the assignment to quote Twitter where he like. He knows exactly how much to give it without his character because he is a comic relief, but he doesn't ever feel like he's intentionally like ruining the tone of the film, you know? Yeah, I know he fits in quite well like to it as this just kind of like constant annoyance to like the guy trying to figure <laughs> out the plot. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it's, it's an insane film because then there's like all these subplots because then when they start going through the theater, it's a maze. And then we discover that Mary Shaw is trying to, like, the whole reason she killed the child in the first place was to make a human ventriloquist dummy. And yeah, and he, like, finds all the schematics and Donnie Wahlberg's face when he finds the schematics are just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what is this woman doing? And, and there's, like, it's like they're the coroner who is, like, who knows what's happening but doesn't want to say, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. his crazy wife, yeah. No, it's, oh it's a good cast. It's like, and then you even have like, because there's that scene where it cuts to her, and she like has the kid who's dead, and she's like, "I love you." She, she's like talking to herself, and it's like, "Wait, did you want a kid? Is this what also this is about?" Yeah, yeah I like that. I like that. There's so much lore that you almost don't get the whole picture. You just get enough, like you get enough information to understand what's going on. Yeah, but it very much feels like they could have like expanded so much on everything um that i like that i like that it leaves a lot to your imagination yeah for sure yeah yeah and i you know and it has like that kind of old-timey feel like we were saying even when like there's a scene 
where you see the coroner pull up and it's like it's like an older like a 1930s hearse and i think uh yeah i think the look of it really helps and it adds to the to the overall feel yeah well it's like this small town that's you know been living in the past and hasn't really updated but it's kind of updated but it's still a small town so they're not concerned with updating and then there's like this era in 2007 where we got these weird filtered films that were Mm -hmm. like moody and blue so like everything has this shade on top of it and yeah (laughs) yeah and you know and i wanted to talk about that because i feel like this is the only movie i've seen because a lot of the films at that time had this filter and this is one of the only ones where it feels appropriate it doesn't feel just like they've added a filter to add spookiness it kind of adds to the whole fairy tale uh like legend feel to the film and it kind of like yeah i think it draws you in a lot more because it's super noticeable regardless of what movie it is so Mm -hmm. in a movie like this where it's a little bit more like dreamlike it really works and adds to the story as opposed to taking you out of it absolutely yeah and everybody's kind of wearing very earth tone colors too and like loose fitting garments and without with the exception of mary shaw who's in this like black high collar you know edwardian get up you know jacket and skirt where she's fully covered and everybody else is kind of loose and lucid and it's a, it's a nice contrast and it's a nice touch for sure yeah yeah i think i think it works really well and i think like I don't know. I just like movies where they go to a small town, like the Silent Hill type of stories, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I'm going to go investigate this spooky thing happening in this small town. <laughs> I also yeah. like that every character has a scene where they talk to Billy the dummy as if it's a real person. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I, what I like, too, is because uh, he obviously he doesn't know. And he's like piecing it out, like first the corner's wife, then with the corner. And then he tells this to uh, Donnie Wahlberg, who's, you know, obviously skeptical. And then later Donnie Wahlberg comes back and is like, yeah, I asked around and everyone thinks you're crazy. Like the idea that he's just this random guy who drove into town is like, tell me about the killer dummy. It's like, of course, (laughs) of course they're not going to tell you anything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I like, it has the dad who, uh, the dad is played by the guy who played the warden in, um, in Shawshank Redemption. Oh, he's yeah. By, I, I was yeah. thinking that the whole, I was like, who is this actor? So His name is Bob Gunton. And I mm. feel like that guy's like the perfect kind of upper class, look down on you character. He plays it so well. Yeah. And he himself kind of like facial shape wise looks like a dumb, like a ventriloquist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it yeah. fits. <laughs> yeah. He definitely, because he naturally just has those creases. Yeah, on his face, and so it works. It works really well to to hide to hide his dumbiness. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? And I like I like the like the reveal of him because the movie's not that gory, but when it, it no. does use gore pretty well, where like it, he drops and then you see like the stick in the back of him, it just looks gross the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it, you're watching the soup like go through his mouth and just kind of drop into him. Oh, yeah, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like pea soup. It's like Reagan vomit pea soup. <laughs> yeah, it was very, yeah, it was very, like, disgusting, but in a good way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I do, like, I always think whenever something you get your, because uh, Mary, Mary Shaw, she pulls out people's tongues if you scream at her. Right. And I, I just think, like, when people lose their tongues, it's always, like, the scariest thing to me. 
Yeah, there's a lot of mouth horror in this movie, too. Like, we have the scene at the end where um, he's, like, walking closer to that clown dummy sitting in the chair. And then the big tongue of the ghost of Mary Shaw is coming through and, like, almost licks him. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like the go the clown the clown dummy. I like that she gets all these dummies and she uses a bunch of them. Yeah. But the clown dummy was so good. He looks I mean clowns are creepy and dummies are creepy. So. Yeah. No, dummies are very effective, very creepy. I've known like I mean there's that episode of Buffy with the dummy, who turns out to be the good guy, but like it's still creepy up until that point. <laughs> yeah, they just look menacing, yeah, yeah, in general. Yeah. Yeah, I had a um a costume professor in college who used to have a ventriloquist dummy and would bring it into the costume shop and just leave it on the shelf and it would watch us and it was so menacing oh it was so creepy (laughs) yeah yeah i can't yeah there's like that episode of happy endings where they go to a ventriloquist museum and then like they take the kids and the kids are like freaking out because it's just a bunch of dummies staring at them yeah i and i that's what i kind of mean like there's a lot thrown like, I feel like James Wan, they just threw everything where, like, this has dummies, it has witches, it has, uh, it has, like, you know, like, the kind of, the tongue being ripped out in the mouth horror. There's, it's right. just, like, they kind of, I feel like they put a bunch of stuff that they thought was scary, yeah. and they put it together to kind of, to kind of, like, I don't know, it's just kind of cool that they've mixed all these things. Or you could have just had a movie with Jess the ghost of Mary Shaw or just the evil dummy or just like, you know, but they, the fact that they put them all together kind of adds to how good this movie is. Yeah. And I think that this, that's why this movie doesn't get enough credit because, because this was like laying the foundation for his other works. Yeah. So this is quite early in his career, but like you're setting up this incredible mystery that on all of these clues that when you like we were saying before when you go back and think about it you're like oh no they were setting this up the whole time i just didn't put the pieces together and then you have like the ghost who's possessing this woman who may or may not be the the new wife of you know the the father and so like was she alive or like what is her essence taking over and then it's yeah, like, it's like was that the perfect like yeah. dummy? Yeah. yeah and then you have all the dummies but are they alive or are they just being possessed by mary shaw so like there's a lot of intricate layers and, and i love the scene where they're in the the theater and um the main characters he walked towards he, he walks towards the wall and, and Johnny Wahlberg's character is like watching him and then all of a sudden he disappears because there's a false wall there and you're like right. oh this goes deeper yeah yeah I yeah I felt like the fact that it ends in like the theater it's <laughs> it almost feels like they kind of made it because I I read one of the trivia was like that it became a, a Halloween horror fest attraction it's like, oh man, it would work so well. Like you could do so many different attractions. Oh, with... I did not know that. Yeah, like that's that was like the good way to promote it. And I feel like that I kind of wish that it had been popular enough that they were still doing the haunted houses out of this because I feel like it'd be a perfect haunted house. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, that's right. Yeah, they did do that back in 2007. I love Halloween Horror Nights. And Have you been? I have. I used to live in Orlando, so I used to go all the time. Oh, we want to go this year. We were actually talking about it because it's the 30th anniversary. Go and... to Orlando. I will say it's a lot better than Hollywood. I know, mm. unpopular opinion because Californians <laughs> are super possessive, but I've been to both. And the one in Orlando has original houses and actors with no masks on. And the one in Hollywood, everybody has a mask that looks like the actors. Like people in The Shining House had Jack Nicholson masks, where our, oh, we had actors that looked like Jack Nicholson, so no masks. So it was good. It was better. Okay. That's not <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's important. Yeah, because Jack is back. <laughs> He is. Um, <laughs> we took a detour to talk about Halloween. I know. Well, maybe maybe Mary Shaw will be back. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yes. That's what, and that's kind of why I want to go because it's the 30th anniversary. So I kind of want to see how much they pull from from all their from the yeah. years that they've had. It, you know? Well, there's rumors that they're doing like not a Dead Silence specific house, but more like a puppetry vaudeville style theater haunt. Mm, that'd so, be cool. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, and I, yeah, I, I think that, um, going back to the movie, I also think that it's funny that this is like James Wan's second film and he was like, oh, I need more puppets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, it's James Wan. This is, that tracks. Yeah. And also the jigsaw puppet is called Billy. Yeah. Either in the original short or I think maybe in the movie, but it was very, I like, I almost respected it because I've also named a few of my characters in my films the same name. So it's like, hey. I get yeah. it. I get that. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, also I, you, they, in the trivia, it says that you can see the Jigsaw puppet, but I did not see him at all. Yeah, I've never been able to catch him in all my watches. Even like when you like pause and you're looking at the cases, they're all those like glossy style of yeah. puppets. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, and I, I, and, I wasn't looking. And I but... wonder if they made him look like one of those puppets so that he didn't stick out that much, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe Billy is the jigsaw puppet and just had a really rough go of it after this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he got Joker size and he just started right. painting his yeah. face. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just like the idea that uh, he's like, I know how to, I know how to be scarier. I'll paint my face. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, when, I think like the other thing that I liked about this movie is that, you know, there, there's so many movies that kind of try to hide the gore and it really it really shows you a lot of like when Donnie Wahlberg gets killed he like shoots at the screen and his mouth is missing that was like I was not expecting that to happen at all and it's creeped the hell out of me yeah not a lot of blood though a lot of black holes in the mouths and with like with the violence (laughs) yeah yeah but I I think that that made it almost yeah yeah, because I feel like if you I don't remember what movie I saw, but I remember seeing the like special effects and it looked super cool, but then they filled it with blood because obviously the character would be full of blood and it was harder to see the details. Yeah. And I feel like if they had added more blood to this movie, it would have been harder to kind of see that their whole like jaw is unhinged and stuff. Yeah. And so I think it, it actually worked better that we didn't see as much blood and it made it more effective. It also, in this case, makes it more, like, kind of shocking where it's, like, oh, it's, like, you don't really see a lot of blood. And then the last, like, five minutes of the movie, it's, like, the most gory thing you've ever seen, you know, when it shows how his father's been, like, hollowed out, you know. So it's, like, okay, that's that that's truly shocking because you kind of held back before this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder if, like, because this does, 
it does feel like a little bit of a precursor to the Conjuring universe. You know, like you can kind of see his evolution to that, to where he's getting there, you know? Yeah. And you could definitely, it's an interesting choice that he made the Annabelle dolls look like these ventriloquist dummies when the real Annabelle doll is like a Raggedy Ann doll. So I thought that was an interesting choice too, that he, I think he likes ventriloquist dummies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. Annabelle looks like Billy's sister. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Annabelle is in the cases. Now we have to go back and watch. Yeah, we'll yeah frame wonder. by frame analysis. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at all. I, and I think that'd be cool to like look to see how many different um, different ma- like dolls they made. I think that that would be super fun for whoever was the set designer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Th- these guys had a lot of fun with these sets. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. There's so much going on. Even like in the corner, you have like the underground or the basement type area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that crawl space that she's like hiding out in, the wife's hiding out in, and yeah, it's ooh, it's a creepy film. And then the the whole bit where the coroner has the flashback, and Mary Shaw wants to be made into a dummy by his father, who is a coroner. Yeah, and then the body falls on him, this poor kid. <laughs> I also like that Mary Shaw killed the coroners because they did a bad job. <laughs> yeah, she's all like, oh, so she doesn't like to be criticized, but she does have a lot of critiques. Yes, she does. <laughs> but I, you know what? I think that that might have been my favorite thing about Mary Shaw is that she seems to be kind of petty in a way that like not a lot of horror villains are. Like they're like Freddie even he's mad because they burned him alive, and it's like, yeah. oh no, Mary Shaw just didn't like that that kid called her out on her <laughs> on her dummy show. No, and she like we don't get a lot of female villains to begin with and we have an older female villain now like that to me is awesome that she's just like tour de force of an older woman yeah yeah i think that's super cool that she especially because she kind of it's weird that there's not more female villains especially with the fact that there's like witches yeah (laughs) like where's the witch movie that's what i want to know yeah oh yeah well that's that's a whole other divergent discussion we can have just going off the rails but yeah i think like it's super cool that she's and like the scene again going back to the clown scene where the clown's like rocking back and forth and then she kind of puts her hands on him Mm -hmm. i I think that like the fact that you never lose kind of the the presence of mary shaw because you know she looks she looks like a ghost but also like the dolls to me are so creepy that they could have easily overshadowed her and the fact that she they don't let it it like it's it you know it just kind of is a testament to how good James Wan was even back then. Yeah. Well, I think that's the effectiveness of keeping her in all black too. Cause she's kind of this, you know, like this ethereal figure where she doesn't pop out, but she doesn't fit in. And Denise, Oh, Denise Cronenberg was the costume designer for this. So that's the younger mm-hmm. sister of, of David Cronenberg. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah she's actually. a costume designer. That's cool. Um, and, yeah, I and so like the the dummies are super colorful, and so she's just kind of this vision in all black. So they really complement each other. And then when she's paired with Billy, it kind of looks almost like a weird husband and wife couple situation. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I think that that's that's really good that they kind of they kind of play they they like complement each other. Also, yeah, I, I like to the uh, the kind of the ambiguity of how the dolls were. Like, there's a part near the end where finally they're like. Uh, they're teamed up and they both realize like, okay, these dolls are trying to kill us and they're all standing in the case and their like faces are starting to like 
kind of malform out of the case and it's like you don't know what they're gonna do <laughs> but it's yeah. unsettling like yeah. they stop them in time but it's like yeah this is clearly not just like a, oh they're gonna stab you it's like something horrible is gonna happen if you don't shoot them or set them on fire at this point you know yeah yeah i also like that like they're like uh the guy goes, we got to kill the dolls. And then Donnie Wahlberg's like, what do you think I've been doing? And he's like, shoot up with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed their little team up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and see, especially like with a movie like this, I like I like that they kind of go for the dream. Like like the first time you see her where he wakes up and it's like the whole room has been, is lit red because of the like the hotel sign. Yeah. It's It's so effective. And I think that like, yeah, I, I I love when the movies go like more towards that kind of f- a feeling as opposed to like, oh, where's the light source, you know? Yeah, no, the lighting is very effective in this film because um, you have these washes of colors that really create the mood where you think something more is going to happen than what actually happens. And we always keep thinking that the dolls are going to move in like a Chucky situation. But they never do. But just those small movements, I think, are more effective than if they got up and walked around on their own. Yeah. 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 It also, yeah, and I think that also, like, it keeps you into knowing that Mary's in charge by not letting the the dolls have that much autonomy, you know? Yeah. Because it, yeah, I, I, you know, and I think that's what most impressed me about this movie is that this movie could have been... It was so. It could have been so easy for it to go off the rails between like Donnie Wahlberg and like the fact that there's so much lore and that you're like fighting like four different ghost type things. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they keep it on track really, really like shows. It's like impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, they did a good job, and I, I didn't realize that like people just don't like this movie, and people just kind of think it's shit. And I'm like, are you? Are you watching the same movie? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it has its moments and it's a little campy, but I don't know. I think it's really effective. Yeah, we never shy away from camp on the bomb squad. <laughs> I also, yeah. I, I feel like, because I was reading some of the negative reviews and they're like, oh, this movie, it has a killer doll. How can you take that seriously? And it's like, okay, well, if you don't buy into the premise, then you, <laughs> you like, that's not a reason to not like the movie. Right. Yeah. You went in wanting to dislike it. <laughs> You're you're like you're you're leaving Planet of the Apes going and being like I can't believe the apes um, yeah. took over. It's crazy. How could they ride horses? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. yeah I what twenty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes? That's crazy. And see, to me, it's like it was almost more interesting because I did I did assume going into this that it would be a Chucky situation, and the fact mm-hmm. that they they take it in like a vastly different direction, and they kind of do it like a play kind of like like you said like where the lighting is very like intentionally artificial to kind of like create this like like sense of like 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 a dream to it it's like oh they're like going stylistically for something it's not just a slasher type thing where the doll's like jumping out of a cabinet and stabbing people you know so i was very pleasantly surprised so these critics are just haters i guess (laughs) i guess so maybe it'll have its resurgence like jennifer's body is getting its resurgence maybe it'll like be reclaimed yeah <laughs> by the ventriloquist community <laughs> <laughs> i feel like even if they just like if you release this movie exactly how it is and then but you just called it like dead silence semicolon or colon like a conjuring story yeah you'd be a huge hit like i, yeah. I feel like it's just people i don't know it's it's like that weird thing where i don't know why people wouldn't like it 
it was I think it was ahead of the curve because he had so yeah. much success with the Condor. Like he had some success with Saw, obviously, in two thousand four, but then like didn't do the other Saw sequels and then or did he do the other Saw sequels? I think I he think came he, back for three. He did come back for three. Okay. And then like it just blew up with the Conjuring series, which is kind like this is kind of a precursor to that because you're talking about possession, you're talking about those topics. So Yeah. Yeah. I also like I think it's funny and I don't know um like I was reading something about the Saw movies where there's like a whole generation of kids who were real young, like too young to see Saw, but mm-hmm. they knew it existed. And so a lot of them just thought that the movie was a killer doll movie and they didn't realize <laughs> that it's like a realistic serial killer movie. Right. I just think that that's kind of funny that there's like a whole generation of kids who are like, wait, the doll isn't killing people? <laughs> yeah. I do feel like, cause like now it, it's got me curious and I'm kind of looking at what films like what horror films came out in that time. And I feel like there was kind of more the leaning, like even the Hills have eyes and saw of course, but there was a more leaning towards realistic quote unquote horror where like it was more slasher stuff. And we hadn't gotten to like even paranormal activity where we kind of went back to supernatural stuff. And I feel like because dead silence falls in the middle, maybe that's why it didn't, it got such bad reviews. Cause I feel like horror goes in, in cycles and when yeah. one of them's up like people don't want to see anything else it does yeah like i'm looking up right now that we had um the girl next door we had the halloween remake um 1408 which is a ghost story so there was some ghost stories at the time um trick or treat which is the anthology horror 28 weeks oh, yeah. later yeah so it's like touch and go i think this this period from like 2006 to like 2000 and 10 almost it was like really touch and go for horror movies like they were really bad there's a lot of just hot celebrities in these movies not really doing much yeah. and then like still trying to figure out their footing yeah yeah so i think but i yeah and it's kind of good that it's because right now it's on hbo max that's how i saw it mm. and so it's kind of that's the good thing about like all these streaming services is you get like more of a chance to watch these movies that you didn't that you didn't think about at the time and since they're readily available it's like oh i'm just gonna watch it now yeah so yeah i hope people go see this one or like check it out it's on hbo max and i feel like you'll be you'll be surprised just kind of know that it's like just have fun with it i think it's it's one of those haunted i like to call them haunted house movies because it kind of gives the feel of a haunted house like i i wish i had seen this in theaters because i'd love to hear the audience reaction to everything that's going on you know Yeah. yeah I, yeah. yeah, I don't think I saw this in theaters. I think I rented it from Blockbuster before Blockbuster disappeared. <laughs> this was a rental. This is a yeah, yeah. The, the tail end too. That was like just a few years before the end. Yeah, before Netflix killed it. Yeah, say uh, you'd have to be a real dummy to not <laughs> seek this movie out. Oh man, that's our first one. I I thought I felt like we rightfully avoided. <laughs> we really slept <laughs> on it. Yeah, correctly. Um. Yeah, no, it was good. I mean, I, I would say anyone should uh, should check it out. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a good movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it would be fun even to watch. Like, it, it's like a perfect sleepover movie. Yes. To like, oh yeah, let's watch it. But yeah, I think there's there's not really a lot that I didn't like. The acting was good. The direction, the the look of the film, I really liked. Um, yeah, good good choice. Thanks. I, I, it's a good gateway film too for like middle school kids. Like you're saying, it's like sleepover film because it's scary but not too scary. Yeah, 
Yeah, if yeah, and again, like yeah, if it's kind of like was... fun. Yeah, it's got like mm-hmm. that like that momentum to it, where it's like he's trying to figure it out. Now he's going here. Now he's going here. Yeah, 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 and it's it like the it kind of like it lets you kind of get ready for the scares, where it's like building slowly towards the big finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah it it's telegraphs a, a lot, but I I think that's intentional. I think it's good. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. It also has kind of a, it has a downer of an ending, which I did not expect. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious if they tried to leave it open for a sequel because, but the, but the, he dies. So the, the line. One like she, there was a second heckler that night and then she's like, all right, moving on to this guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I would like it if it had been a series and every, it's like the Batman where every time you find out there was another heckler. <laughs> It's like, yeah. I think it's you at this point, Mary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't let him get to you this much. And then we have the origin story of just Mary Shaw going through school and just like yeah. failing her classes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, there's, it's like you just see her be, um, being criticized in any way and just attacking people. <laughs> but no, yeah, this is good. I'm glad because I don't think I would have seen it if you hadn't recommended it because it's always there, but I just kind of like, skip over it because yeah. dolls are freaky <laughs> they are yeah so yeah so that was a good choice that was a good choice but um but yeah so that was dead silence that was uh it's on hbo max go check it out uh jolene is there anything you want to uh to promote while, while we're while we got you yeah um so if you're on the East Coast and you're going to the Joe Bob Jamboree weekend in July, um, I will be there. I'm designing the haunt attraction for it. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, I've got my podcast, which is called To Die For. Uh, that's D-Y-E, which is um, costuming in horror through a feminist lens. Uh, my co-host and I are costume designers in the genre and just talking about costumes because they don't get talked about enough. So we want to kind of highlight that for sure. Yeah. And I think that that was good because you even brought up the costumes here. And it's kind of something that I think about when I'm making a film. But when we're discussing it, it kind of gets lost Yeah, in the conversation. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the brilliance of, of like what costume designers, lighting designers, all of these designers, mm. what they do is like we like it's supposed to be unrecognizable. But then like when you don't give them the credit or the recognition that's when the problem comes in so like catch 22 <laughs> yeah 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 i feel like a lot of film it's like the thing like if you're doing it a, a good job people don't even notice it because it's yes. servicing the story but then you're also like hey i did a good job on this yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> but um but yeah and uh to die for you can uh is it on every streaming service yeah so you can go to um well, you can go to my uh, Instagram, which is Jolene Marie underscore designs. Um, and there's the link, the link in my bio, uh, <laughs> as we say on the on the web. And um, you can get that through Spotify, Apple Music, uh, I think Anchor, um, a couple other places. So wherever you, wherever you get your podcasts. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. So go follow her on Instagram and also check out the podcast where you can see even more are here you can hear even more costume talk especially through a feminist lens which is cool because horror is so uh like there's so many feminist themes in it that it it works very well yeah um yeah so thank you for coming on we hope you had a good time yeah thank you guys for having me this is a lot of fun i'm glad that i was like you guys like this film this is great (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm scared because we have the summer of guests and I'm scared when we get to the film that we don't like what's going to happen. <laughs> but no, so far, we, everything we've seen has been pretty good. Uh, and like, that's kind of one of the reasons that we wanted to do it because there's like, I mean, I can pick films that I think are underappreciated or that people don't like and I like, but to ha- to kind of see it from someone else's point of view, I think it adds another level. And I think that that's, it makes it even more of a challenge because like we were saying on the other on the other episode that when you go in knowing that someone else likes it, it kind of changes your your per- your like perception of it because you want to like it too, right. or at least see why they liked it. And I think that that's kind of what our whole goal is to get people to watch every movie and see what like what's the good in it, as opposed to like what's the what's the aliens versus predator requiem in it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think yeah, more people should watch more films objectively. I mean, that's hard because you get emotionally attached and stuff, but. Yeah. 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 So, well, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, and, um, and yeah, follow her on, on all the things and thank you for joining us on the bomb squad. Yeah. Thank you guys. And yeah. Josh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Yeah. We're going to do another James Wan movie. Yeah. I, I, was, uh, I, was I very. I James wander what we're going to do next. Right. You should have, you should have just done one. You did two. Yeah. Can do both. Well. <laughs> Thank you guys. I will see you <laughs> next time.